Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. What's up, anals? And of course, by anals, we mean Asian, not Asian listeners. Welcome back to the podcast. This is Asian, not Asian, a podcast where two Asian guys not from Asia talk about American issues no American cares about. I'm your host, Fumi Abe. And I'm uh, Mike Nguyen. Uh, before we start the show, quick shout out to our newest uh, Patreon fans. Uh, these are people who give us money on a monthly basis. So if you want to get in on this, go to patreon.com slash Asian, not Asian pod. And as a reward, uh, we try to guess your ethnicity based on purely your name. A very problematic game that we do every week, but you know, we love it. We love it here. And we're actually getting pretty good at it. So um, the first really person, the first person, of course, is our, um, basically he owns us now. He gives us 50 bucks a month. And, he's, he, he, and you get, if you give 50 bucks a month, you're, you get a producer credit. So Ryan Kags, thank you so much again. Um, yep. you know, we hope that you're still employed and can keep giving us money. Then we got Akiko, that is Japanese as fuck. No way around yes. it. My mom's but, and name also, is And also, it's tight Yukiko. as hell because it's like it's just the one name, which is yes. like isn't that how emperors roll? You know? Oh Only my god! Wait, 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 wait! Is this an emperor? Is this an emperor's daughter? Is this an? Daughter? Emperor? <laughs> is this an em- oh shit! That is how emperors roll. Actually, the emperor—I don't know if he died or not. I, th- I think his name is Akihito or something like that. So maybe, Yo, maybe hey. a distant cousin or something. Well, oh how my about god! A little bit more money there, your highness. You know? What? Yeah, my my grandma used to talk shit about the. Uh, the emperors because uh, she called them she called them tax tax thieves uh, that's how the regular people feel about them so thank you um all right next we have we have gilberto flores um filipino i'm gonna say that's filipino that's filipino, we'll filipino. yeah maria wong that's that's nice and easy that's chinese that's a nice chinese name nice chinese, chinese name i love good a good old american chinese name. chinese name oh yes um and then we lastly we have i don't know how to pronounce this is this cassiopeia Cassiopeia, Cassiopeia, yeah. I know that's like a Greek goddess or something. It's like yeah, a Greek uh, character. Um, I want to say that she was the person that Theseus rescued. Um, I was a virgin for a long time, so I know. A lot of <laughs> stuff. I was but like, God it, damn, it's tight. Uh, but in either way, also just one the one name that's 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 fire. That's okay, fire. I have I have a guess for what I think this person is, and I could be wrong. I think this person might be. Japanese and or a huge fan of Japanese jazz fusion because in the 80s there was like a really popular band called Cassiopeia uh, huh. who like played with a bunch of like famous jazz people but like it's really niche like the, you know the people who like get too good at piano and then now they play music that nobody fucking likes anymore it's like oh yeah that. yeah they, they don't even play the keys they actually like play just the strings of the piano yeah, yeah. they're like reaching in and they're shit into reaching the piano. in there and like pouring <laughs> yeah, spaghetti yeah. in there you're like <laughs> yeah, there's like this? dumping. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah, that kind of music. But, that but kind like of people music. who are like you're on Twitter, are like yeah, dude, fucking yeah. ragu, dude. Yeah. <laughs> so shout to Cassiopeia the and Pia. her ragu in piano. the piano. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, today's theme. Today's what we're gonna try to answer on this podcast is the question: uh, Is not knowing how to feel is that Asian or not Asian? Okay, I had yeah, something. Man. 
you know, this week has been uh, very tough for everybody for obvious reasons. And, um, you know, real quick, to be honest with you, like, it's been so crazy that this morning I, I woke up with a um, swollen left eye. Like, it looked like, yeah. like a bruise. Right. And things have been so bad this week. I was like, did a white guy sneak into my apartment last night and punch me in my sleep? Because right, just that's what it fucking right. looked like. Yeah, just, like, they're so sneaky sometimes. They be sneaking in, they punch you and they leave, you know, no right. evidence. The thing but, is, and, too, is that if that did happen, it wouldn't wouldn't even be top 10 worst thing that happened this week. <laughs> this week, it I know. Just be like, all right. Yeah, you know? it'd be like number 12. Yeah, that's yeah, kind exactly. of my brand. But uh, I did um, I did get a lot of, um, you know, I'm sure you did too, but this is the first time I think a lot of people got text messages from their friends. They could have been Asian or, or not Asian asking you how you feel. And I, it, it was interesting because it's the first time. First of all, I think that concept is fairly new. I think it kind of happened over the summer with the whole like George Floyd thing and everything like that. And the you know, there's a lot yeah. of the check-in. You know, how are you doing? The check-in. Yeah. And um, yeah, well, I think you know, obviously, it's it's. I'm I'm glad that they checked in and everything like that. But I also had this realization that like I don't have enough white friends. Um, I didn't get right. enough check-ins. I I only got like three, and yeah. I feel like people are getting more. I don't know where where did you where did you stand on that? How many did you get? And what what, what were they like? I like I like how we're comparing the numbers, you know, because <laughs> like, that's what this is about, right? Yo, how many check-ins you get, though? <laughs> oh man, bro, you know. So I used to be in a frat, so I got thirty-four check-ins. Yeah. <laughs> no, I got I got I got two. Um, and you know, it is it is interesting. Some, you know, I was reading, uh, you know, on on Twitter, and it was like, oh, so, you know, you should check in with people, or some people were saying, you know, you shouldn't check in with people because there's all these different things. And I don't know. I mean, I think it has to, it kind of like depends on the person. Yeah, that's um, why, what I meant by like, I don't know how to feel about it, you know? Yeah, well, I agree with you. I think even if you, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with the check-in, but mm-hmm. just, I don't know what you want me to say. You know, like, yeah. uh, I'm doing bad. I don't know, like, and I'm not just saying like, oh, ha ha ha, I'm doing bad, my hip hurts. No, no, no. Uh, the world is a di- disaster and uh, I've been working through this for 40 plus years and I just don't know what, what to do anymore. Is that what you wanted me to text back? Yeah, I know. We could, it's get, like, we could go into it if you want dude, to talk about it. That's a great point. It's like, yeah, that's, that's, that's the thing. Is like, if you call me or text me, it's like, do you really want to get into it? Because like, I, I could write an essay. You, know, you yeah. could read this thing. I, I, you, know, my, you could read my personal journal that's this high and it's just all sad <laughs> shit. Or, right. or do you want me to say like, thank you for checking in. I'm fine. I think, you know, I think is, that's which the one most, do you want? aggressive way to do it is they someone texts you how you doing and then you text them back a zoom link and you're just like you, you know what's up you want to talk you know like let's this see, is let's what see. you wanted think, right yeah so I, I think i think it is hey it's cool that people are checking in but again it's it's tricky and i don't it's tricky you know, some of my friends yeah. are so woke that they texted me like before I woke up and I was like, I haven't even read what's happening. Yeah, like, what's I don't even on? know what I'm supposed to be sad about. You know, it's like, give me two hours to read this goddamn article. So anyways, we wanted to uh, listen. I wanted to kind of talk about this with with our guest today. And actually, before we get to that real quick, you know, yes. So this is something we want to talk about with our guests. We, we booked her a little bit ago and uh, we, we had all these fun things planned. But obviously, we wanted to kind of address what's happening this week in uh, the world, the country and Asian American community specifically. And one thing... Different we want to do on this podcast is because I'm sure a lot of the listeners and the, and the guests today and me and you, Mike, both, I think this week we heard a lot of academic slash sort of cookie cutter responses uh, to the incident, you know, from corporations and things like that. Just kind of like big words circling around, kind of co- like kind of checking off the box, but it doesn't really 
I'm not really getting anything from it. You know what I mean? It's like I see that you acknowledge it, but I'm not really getting anything from it. You know, it's like thank you, fucking Nabisco, for acknowledging what's happening. You know what I mean? It's right. just like yeah, that, just that like corporate really language. Dope Oreo response was that's yeah. what I needed. You know? Yes, yeah. exactly. So so this week I kind of wanted to talk about how it affected people on a more personal level. Again, we're not here to mm-hmm. represent all mm-hmm. Asian people, and I, and it, this is just how I've been feeling, how Mike's been feeling, and how our guest has been feeling. So I want I want to bring up our guest. Um, she is the front woman of the um, amazing band Japanese Breakfast. She's got a new single out called Be Sweet. Check that out on Spotify. And she is the author of the newly published book, or it's going to come out in April, called Crying in H Mart. And we can't wait to talk to her about it. So uh, please give it up for the amazing Michelle Zahner. Hi. Hey, hey, hey. Wait, can you hear us? I, had, I, I couldn't hear you say hi. Hi. Oh, there we go. There we go. Okay. Yo, you got a little, you got a little reverb on your, on your mic. I do not. Uh, I'm going to text you. Uh, how are you doing? <laughs> you doing okay, Michelle? I'm doing okay. Um, yeah. Did you get a lot of texts too? Sorry. I did get a few texts, like largely from people I don't uh, really talk to, which was oh weird. interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. I had a few. I like saw a lot of um, people tweeting about how we should all, you know, you need to check in on your AAPI friends. And I was like, why are you telling people to do this? Uh, (laughs) I don't want that at all. And I think part of it is just, it feels, um, I mean, it is a nice thing, you know, and it's well-intentioned, certainly. But I feel like uh, having to respond to that is like a type of labor that I um, don't really feel like participating in right now. Mm. And so I don't know if that's like part of the reason, you know, like it's not that I don't, want to talk about it especially with um friends and and people I feel like I can relate to but I have just gotten you know like this swarm of press all of a sudden surrounding like grabbing a soundbite of my thoughts on this you know this moment and um you know the last couple of interviews I've done are these like larger publications that have like specifically asked me to like can you can you tell yeah. us about this racist experience? Like, tell us about the racism right. that you've experienced. Like, literally, the the last interview that I did was like, we're we're reaching out to hundred women of color and asking each of them to tell us about a time that they experienced racism. Right, right. And I was just like, okay, so you're just reaching out to like a hundred women and asking them to like unpack trauma for your yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> like the, one of the worst things that's ever happened to you. Yeah, no. th- this is yeah, this is the worst. Bu- this is the worst BuzzFeed quiz, you know. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I don't know how to feel about it because on on one hand, um, I I understand what they're trying to do. I understand that they're trying to bring awareness to like different types of like racism that we experience. Uh, but it's also a lot of like labor that I don't. I'm yeah. angry about having to participate in. And similarly, like when I'm asked like on a television interview, like, you know, without being prompted, like, you know, what do you think about the, yes. you know, anti-Asian like yeah. hate crimes? I'm just like, you're about to like interview 20 different like white people probably after me. And none of them are yeah, going yeah, to yeah. be asked about what they think about, you know, all of these people that have been killed in a mass shooting and wh- and why yeah. not mm, i'm the only yeah. one that's supposed to care because i'm you know half asian like why why wouldn't right. all these other white people who know exactly what's going on be asked about how they feel about eight people who were killed in a mass shooting like right. it just feels yeah. really unfair well, 
How do you feel about if you're asked about it on a podcast? <laughs> a little different, little different. I do feel, I do feel. By two Asian guys. Yeah, by two Asian people I know. And like, I know that this is, I mean, it would be impossible to not talk about this. And it can no. be a more nuanced conversation. And we can say things like, I guess I just, I was really let down. I was really upset yesterday yes. because yes. I was really let down by like how I responded because I was taken off guard and I want to be. Yep courageous in this moment i want to like step up and be like some type of leader because i do have a large um platform and especially like a lot of asian fans that like look to me as a role model a lot of kids and i want to step into that role and and feel like i have some great thing mm -hmm. to say and mm -hmm. and guidance mm -hmm. and like words of hope but i i like everyone else like i'm very confused you know like yeah. i don't know uh, yes. And I'm concerned about, like, you know, a lot of, like, what this Kathy Barkong article that you sent over to me, like, is, like, you know, there is this fear of, like, I don't want <clears throat> to pit, um, like, our relationship with racism against, like, other minorities, like, relationship to racism. And I think that that's mm. kind of, like, a, a thing that our generation is sort of grappling with more than, you know, our parents' yeah. generation. I think uh, you, you hit the nail on the head with, like the word labor you know there's a lot of uh stuff we have to like every i feel like every single asian person has suddenly become like uh um uh, an opinion writer has been forced to write an opinion about this <laughs> and all you know i was uh talking to my wife my wife is korean american and honestly she has a lot already to deal with <laughs> you know like she i don't know has a job it's a pandemic she's doing all these things and and i realize it's, it's not fair for me to ask her how she's feeling or whatever she has she feels how she feels and she shouldn't have to explain to anybody else about all these things but i think also you you hit you hit it on the head also about um you know i, I think sometimes when people text you and they say how are you doing what do you think about this well i it's complicated you know i am not a korean woman i'm not an, an asian american woman who lives in georgia I, I wasn't there i don't know these people it's horrifying, you know, as any American should feel, it's horrifying. It's extra bad because I do feel there's this, like, thing happening. But at the same time, you also feel, like, d distanced from it, you know? And, yes. and like you said, white people don't have to say, when there's a, when there's a terrible shooting, how do you feel about this, uh, this white shooting? They can just live their lives and, and just acknowledge that it is horrible without having to then offer some extra thing. Like, here you go, this is also an extra... Here's an extra Asian American 101 studies course that I'm about to give you. You know. Yeah, I I was um, I was conflicted because I I agree with everything you guys both said that the labor part is that, and also it's like you know to Michelle's point, it's like some people texted me that I was like I haven't seen you, you know, like I'm literally looking at the text that they sent before, and the one before was like, hey, can I do your show sometime? You know what I'm saying? So it's like you know, <laughs> yeah. I was like you don't even like me, you know what I'm saying? I was like don't, you're doing it to make yourself look you know feel better or whatever, but but like it's interesting because I. I, I got this one comment that I didn't, it kind of confused it even more. He, this one guy was like, he's like a pretty good friend. And he was like, and I guess this maybe, maybe speaks to how maybe disconnected, not just white people, but a lot of people are about Asian American issues and how sort of invisible we are. He was like, well, I didn't text you because um, you're Japanese and the uh, women yeah, yeah. that were Korean. And I was like, oh, I, I guess that's also an angle. Like I didn't ever really thought about that, yeah. but, but it's like, how do I, how, where do I go from there? Like, do I explain that when I step outside, we're all Chinese? Like, am I supposed to explain that to him? You know what I'm saying? And and it's like, and just because they're Korean, like, dude, there's a lot of Chinese and Filipino people who work in massage parlors. Like, literally could have been anybody. I think the scariest thing for me was like, 
I mean, shit. You know, Michelle did the, a live podcast show with us. We have we have Asian not Asian like live podcasts and live shows. A lot of it, a lot of people who come out are Asian Americans, and like this shit could have happened at Hack City. This shit could have happened oh, yeah. on our own turf. That's that's my, what it confirmed baby. for me, one hundred percent. And like that's that's the scariest part. I think it's it's tricky because the whole Asian American experience is like a very new thing. Well, new, I think, to a lot of people and relatively new. I mean, Asians have been in this country for hundreds of years, but I guess that's relatively new. And the identity of Asian American is relatively new. It only started in the 60s and 70s. Um, and, and I just wanted to kind of go back for a second because right before, remember this week also was uh, um, uh, Stephen Young got nominated for an Oscar, which is awesome. You know, yeah. that's great. And uh, also, there was this article. I was going to talk about how um, people got upset about the bamboo ceiling thing. <laughs> Remember, there was uh, someone who yeah. was like, you know, oh, you know, they broke the bamboo ceiling. And then a bunch of people were like, that's racist. And, and really, it's, it's the opposite of racist. Because, but to your point, people don't know about all these things. They don't know about all the, the work that's already been done. They're just kind of jumping yeah. in and, and just like, oh, well, I'm just going to talk about this instead. But, uh, you know, you've, you've, you've talked about... Um, it, it the complication i think of like it's unusual not unusual but i think people have to realize that the us coming together is in and of itself uh a difficult thing you know mm, right mm, All, mm, we, mm, mm, we got we got a, a we got a, a korean musician we got a japanese dude and a vietnamese guy all right and there's no punchline. <laughs> we didn't walk into a bar and then order a drink. Ha ha ha. You know, like, this is it. <laughs> it's a new joke. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's a new yeah, joke. Yeah. And we're all just Absolutely. sitting at the bar just wondering what to do now, you know? Yeah, that's, that's one of the things Kathy had mentioned in the article. Uh, and maybe, I don't know, Michelle, you have any thoughts on that. But she was saying, like, you know, when uh, the LA riots thing happened, people tried to kind of come together, but it didn't really happen. Same thing with Vincent Chin and like the 19, I don't know, whenever, whenever that was, 82 maybe is yeah, what it was. 80s, yeah. And so this is kind of a new thing, you know, I mean, Mike and I, we're, we're going to try to go to that rally tomorrow in Chinatown. And, and, but that's, that's kind of my first Asian American rally. I've never done anything like this. So this is all so, sort of kind of new. And I think that's sort of kind of why we don't know how to react. I don't know if you feel that way, Michelle, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I also think it's like kind of a part of our culture to be private and like sort of like put our head down and like ignore it you know like I think that Mm -hmm. when I think about my mom when I would express to her my frustrations with growing up in like a largely white town like mom you just don't know what it's like to like be Korean in like a super white town like in my point of view and she was like but you're not Korean you're American Mm. like what are you talking about and that's like a part of the book too where it's just like you know I think for a lot of our parents and actually a friend of mine just posted about um like a few years ago her father had been attacked and like you know told to go to like his homeland or whatever and she was like my father never reported it never said anything about it because he you know he felt like we came to this country for a better life and so our you know we were just supposed to be quiet and and bear it and I feel like that's a, a big thing culturally for us um that it's just it's not super common or or supported mm-hmm. to like speak up about this kind of thing mm-hmm. um yeah yeah i think um you know there's that statistic that people are kind of putting around that like hate crimes increased 1900 percent, which i'm I, a i'm 100 percent sure that it did increase but at the same time i think it's also that people are finally reporting it you know yeah. because yeah. for a long time we would just get some we would get some hate shit on us and we just be like well 
that's Connecticut. That's Connecticut. You know, we just keep like moving along, right? We just Dude, keep moving. You know, I mean, we have that. We have this ongoing joke on this podcast called the the racist Ratatouille flashback, where like Mike and I will just be like playing basketball or something, and we'll be like, right. "Wait a minute!" In fourth grade, you know, John Longman called me this. Like, it just comes back to you because you just yeah. like bury it, and you don't even. <laughs> And I think that's why it took a while for people to like, even Asian people to like admit what's going on because we we are we train ourselves to like completely shut down when things like that happen. And right. uh, yeah, it's been just I think this week everybody's like starting to open up and and self reflect and yeah. I don't know, it's it's just kind I, of been a mess, man. Oh man, Fumi, man, you know like where you get your news sources from, man? Me, um, yeah, mainly Parler, um, Facebook. <laughs> Yep, and then yep. of course the Lunar Times. Nice. Uh, the, <laughs> the Lunar Times is an online satire and humor publication for all Asian Americans. Their entirely free website, thelunartimesblog.com, has all, all sorts of short and hilarious articles, all written by Asian American writers. Some of their funny headlines include Trader Joe's unsure Filipino customers identify with Trader Ming's or Trader Jose's. And breaking: Barstool Sports announces new initiative to hire more diverse douchebags. I I interviewed there no one hurts <laughs> you're not you're not enough, you're not enough of a douchebag china hopes biden presidency won't slow down america's decline and report white man who speaks mandarin isn't a total weirdo about it you can read all these pieces for free at the lunartimesblog.com and on their social media at the underscore lunar underscore times on instagram and twitter Again, that's thelunartimesblog.com and on Instagram and Twitter at the underscore lunar underscore times. I, uh, I think the way, you know, one thing I've been trying to get out is, uh, and, and when we had Viet Win on, he was talking about just having more stories and having all those things. And I, I think that's one thing we can do to kind of take back our narrative is like to get more kinds of stories out there. So, I, you know, I don't want to just talk about you know this, this this thing that's happened to us. I, I want to talk about also the good stories. And and Michelle, you've you 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 mentioned your book. Uh, I've read your essay probably like four or five times. Um, and so uh, now you have this book out. And you know, just quickly give give us an overview of, of, about it and and sort of how it came about. Yeah. Um, so my book is called Crying in H Mart. It comes out on four twenty, uh, which is hey. it was really <laughs> no. It's actually kind of a funny story because my agent was like, "What if like she was like, what if we publish the book? What if we ask the publisher to put it out on Mother's Day?" And I was like, "Oh my god, that's like reclaiming <laughs> reclaiming this day that's become like so painful for me, and like yes. it's just like a really happy thing, and like daughters can buy it for their mothers, and like yes, oh, man. we should totally. That's like such a beautiful like idea. Like let's <laughs> let's bring it to the publisher, and the publisher was just like. We think 420 would be a great date, actually. Um, <laughs> I don't yep. know if it was because they were like, this way people will have time to buy it in for Mother's Day. or so, I, don't, I think it just worked with their calendar better. And I was just like, don't be difficult. But in my mind, I was like, everyone's going to be like, 420 blaze it about my like release date of this like really like heartfelt book um but i just sort of went with it um so yeah it comes out on 420 um it's about uh grief it's about a mother and daughter relationship with my korean mother it's about mixed race identity it's about um largely learning how to cook korean food and how i kind of Mm. like sought um that sort of education uh as a kind of refuge for for my grief and this sort of alternative kind of therapy for me and i just thought that the story was 
really sweet and it was a huge part of my life and yeah i'm really excited for people to read it so so two things a somebody contacted us and was like would you like a copy of this book and we're like yes because she's gonna be on the podcast in like a month and it never came so 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 we know we haven't we read have it no i'm idea. so sorry <laughs> we, we don't know where we she never sent it to us we don't know what's so going on there, it could whoever's be responsible in you're yeah. in trouble now baby okay <laughs> i just told on you we never got the book but how does it sort of you know, because we read the essay, is it an expansion of the essay? Is it like, how does it sort of like, you know, because I know, I know it's, it's, it's the same title as the essay, but how did it kind of expand from that? Or like, how did you make it so that it's like a, you know, the length of an average book or whatever it is? Uh, yeah, I mean, Crying in H-Mart is the first chapter of the book. And it's kind of mm. like an overview of like all of the things. And it's like an overture of like all, all the things that kind of like happen uh, in this story. But it's largely... Um, you know, it, it sort of starts about like, you know, exploring like my, my life being like half, half Korean and growing up with an immigrant parent and the sort of like points of contention between my mother and I that largely stemmed from this difference in culture. You know, my mom Mm -hmm. grew up in Korea and like we moved here when she was, I guess, 30, 31 or so when I was Mm -hmm. like a year old and you know a lot of the things that I had always assumed were like just cruel parts of my mom's personality or (laughs) actually just like inherently part of like Korean culture and I don't I think that it was like the slow process of discovering that uh, as I got older and then largely focuses on this sort of six month period of time where I I lived as a caretaker in Eugene um, over the course of my mother's illness and death and then how I sort of found my way into cooking Korean food uh, and how that kind of helped me um, sort yeah. of contextualize what had happened. Well, I think um, the, 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 the title alone has H Mart in it. And I think this is, um, you know, not sponsored content, hashtag not sponsored content. They, they should sponsor us, though. And they really should. We should get them. They wouldn't ever do it. Anyways, we'll get into it. So <laughs> they would never do it. So, um, I mean, you know, I, 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 I feel that um, H-Mart is a place for people who don't know. It's a Korean market, but it's like, a, it's like, especially I think if you're on the East Coast, it's like, it's like home in a lot of ways. My wife and I, we, we're obsessed with it. We like, when we go there, we try to like, we're, we're like, uh, we're like on the Silk Road on the caravan. We're just like, okay, we got to load up with as much spices as possible and bring it back to the king. You know, like we, we like pile up all the stuff. And I wanted to know, like, you know, you know, do you have that same sort of feeling with H Mart? It's, it's almost like a special place. I, I don't want to over romanticize it, but, you know, you go there and you will go out of your way to go there and you can't just go to like oh there's the international aisle you know of a of a Safeway you know yeah certainly I think like I feel like a lot of white people feel this way about Target oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's Korean Target or like Trader Joe's or something I always see like such a big line outside of Trader Joe's um but yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that that's part of it. And um, it sort of started with this uh, other essay I wrote in 2016 that was published in Glamour called Love, Loss, and Kimchi, where, you know, the sort of, like, genesis of this came from... Um, I started following Mangchi on um, YouTube. Yeah. And so I started, yeah. uh, you know, needing to go to H-Mart to make the things that I wanted to, like, follow her making. Uh, and then I was going out to, like, flushing twice a week to, like, get all of yeah. my groceries. And then... Yeah, my like my poor white husband has like has just like stayed in the car. Like, 
Like, so at this point, we've gone to H Mart so much that he like stays in the car. Like a bank robbery. Yeah, because yeah, I just spend so much time in there. Keep it's the like it's yeah. just so. Um, you know, like it's so much more than just like getting groceries. It's like you like there's a, like a level of creativity that has to happen too because you're yeah. like, oh my god, I totally forgot about like fish cakes. I should make something yes. with fish cakes. And then you you yes. spend another like 20 minutes like gathering all the things uh, for like you know whatever you're gonna like tteokbokki or whatever. And yeah. then you see like red bean and you're like, oh my god, I haven't had like popping soup forever. And then you yeah, spend yeah, another yeah. 20 minutes like getting all the stuff for like popping soup. So yeah, it's definitely that experience for me. And I think that part of it what it makes it really special is that like you can't just like walk to the corner and get it you have to like take a pilgrimage there yeah so it's also like this feeling where you're like i don't want you know this is this is it for the week so like i have to get everything that i need yes yes uh i was telling fumi before that um you know when you know my wife she's from uh chico outside of way outside of sacramento and i don't i'm not even sure if there's an h mart there but there's a korean market in sacramento but it's like it's like two hours away and they would like load up for, you know, they would fill their minivan up to the brim, like, uh, you know, t- for two or three months in order to cab everything. And to your point, every, you know, uh, uh, you can't just have one thing. You have to have several things in, in order to make the whole experience because you can't just like, I'm going to make the soup. No, you got to have the soup and then you also have the fish cake and you also have to have this kind of rice and then you also have the uh you have to have special implements you have to have that cauldron that's like looks like you're a witch you know and you're like boiling shit in it you know you can't just have serve in a regular pot um i, I think that's fire do you uh i don't know Dude, Fumi, do you ever feel like that when you go to like japanese markets I, or anything like that i just had a ratatouille flashback moment ratatouille flashback. <laughs> okay like, wait is ratatouille flashback like like what is ratatouille flashback is it rooted oh, okay. in is it rooted I mean, in racism <laughs> uh, well usually you usually it is but this is a good one oh this is good ratatouille i thought this is good ratatouille well you know it's so funny i so oh, this is like when we, you eat the ratatouille and then it like zooms into exactly. the yeah it zooms exactly. back yeah, yeah 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 this is a good one so i didn't even think about i think for a lot of like diaspora people like going to your ethnic supermarket that's like the big one is a very big deal because i remember like so i, I grew up in ohio luckily we had a very small like Japanese slash Asian like I think Korean people would also go there they just had like Asian shit East Asian groceries that you couldn't really get anywhere else but it's really small maybe the size of a deli and that's kind of how we got by from you know when I was in second grade to whenever but sometimes we would um, go on a road trip to like Chicago which was maybe like five six hours away and we would go on vacation to Chicago because there was a huge Japanese grocery store there. It used to be called Yaohan, but now it's called Mitsua. There's one in Jersey. I've been there. Yeah, I've been to there in Jersey. And so, and, when I was a kid, like I didn't really know what was going on, but like to my parents, that was like a luxury to be able to like yeah, go yeah. through each aisle, you know, look at the crazy rice rice cookers that they have, and look at the different types of seaweed, and like, you know, and so you're right. Like even when I go into H Mart, it looks very similar. I'm going through the aisles, and it's like it's like a nice trip down, like literally a memory trip down memory lane. Yeah. You're like, oh, I used to eat that when I was in third grade, or like, you know, your little like I remember buying these like little Pokemon candy things that had like a Pokemon thing in it, but it also came with like a little sugar treat or whatever. So it really does feel like disneyland and I, and I feel like that's like a thing that only 
you know, kids of immigrants would understand. It's truly like an amazing time. And I totally see why your um, husband would stay in the car because uh, that's, <laughs> that's, it's so confusing. Yeah. yeah because yeah. if you're not, if you don't know what we're talking about, you're just like, why is she smiling looking at this bag of seaweed? <laughs> it like is just crying. seaweed. And I'm, yeah. yeah, she's crying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like when a- we, when we, I remember we want, I mean, the reason why I, I go in there is I do know some of the food, but really I'm just like a pack mule that I can, I can, she can use me to carry more shit. Like one time, she really, really likes um, naengmyeon, um, right? Like yeah, the, yeah. the cold noodle. Yeah, yeah. And um, and you know, you, you get these packets of it, right? And they're like big packets. Maybe each one is maybe a pound or something like that. And she went up to the to the counter where it had it, and it was like a cartoon. She like put one in the basket, and then she put two, and she just kept going. <laughs> and, she, and she took every single one, and I was like, ha ha ha. Gina, I get it. You're so funny. You really like it. And she turns around. And she's like, what? There's no joke here. I'm buying every single one. Because she wanted <laughs> to try the different kinds. Uh, I, you know, we've only tried the one kind, I think, because she is uh, she's very familiar with that one. I think that's the one she grew up with. But there, there's all these different kinds. But, you know, now we go in there and now I know a little bit enough where if I go in there, I know that I need to get, I make sure that I get at least um makali that's yeah like i love so makali. I'm yeah, like yeah. four or five of those yeah you know that's like the main thing i'm getting i don't know i know that you you probably um you know have a big list but is there is there anything when you go into an h mart i don't know how we don't have a sponsor by h mart because we're talking about it so much but They're, they they um, retweeted us once remember well get me some money okay. <laughs> is there anything is there anything you go in there you're like you like compulsively buy it. you're just like i just I, I know i have 40 of these at home i'm just gonna buy one another one fuck it um i always buy i pretty much always buy pork belly because like so many korean Ooh. recipes like call for pork belly and then um always buy always buy seaweed we'll always buy um seaweed, what have yeah. i been getting um, this isn't Korean, but I always get uh, like raw salmon, like salmon sashimi. Their like sushi okay. section is like really tight, and like you can just buy like a huge fillet of like raw salmon, and it's like yeah. fourteen bucks. If you got yeah. it at sushi restaurant, it would be like fifty dollars worth of sashimi. Right. Um, so we always get that. Uh, what else do we always get? Um, I think that there are different things that like come into season that are really exciting. And it's also just yeah. like, that's part of the fun of going there is that like every so often you like find something that is like different and like reminds you and you're just like, like I have to get it. You know, like I just, Dude, yeah, you yeah, guys yeah. ever, uh, you guys ever like convince yourself to buy too many, um, those like Korean pears. Yeah, oh the God. three they're like pack seven dollars. Yeah. No, they're, they're way so more than expensive. seven. They're like thirteen dollars for like a three pack with like the little yeah. wrapping or whatever. Little, yeah, yeah. Exactly. But yeah, every so often I will treat myself to one of those. There's also like the Korean grapes, like uh, that are in Green season grapes. every so often, and those are also really expensive. They're and you can so you expensive. can only buy like a big box of Korean yes. grapes. Like you can't just buy one like bunch of Korean grapes. You have to buy like. A entire box uh, for like thirty dollars. Um, I used to uh, I used to live by a, a Korean deli, and uh, if I had a good set, I would go in there and buy a pair for myself. <laughs> <laughs> I was so like, that uh, is the most of, Asian thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> instead of instead of popping bottles, you're popping pairs. Just like yeah, baby. No, dude, I swear to God, like I mean, in like Japan and stuff, it's pretty common to gift somebody expensive yeah. fruit. Yeah, that's fruit, like a yeah. thing. No, that it's is pe- a thing yeah. in, in every Asian Melons. culture. I feel like it's like yeah, you always man. Bring your, I agree. Like, I agree. People's parents. Yeah, like I think I, the big thing for Vietnamese people is uh, persimmons. We love that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. we always give people that shit. But I think I, that's I, the thing is that, like, if you, I don't know, you, 
you've ever had like a, a really good Asian pair. It is. It it's not just like here's a pair. It's a special. No. Yeah, it's, special. it's not. You know, it's it's the same thing between like it's our pair. ham and Lunchable ham. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's dude. Not the same you ever like uh, you ever? Do you remember the first time you were introduced to American pair and how superior you felt? <laughs> <laughs> I remember the first time somebody showed me a pair. I'm like, that. First of all, that looks like it's got a disease. Like, what is this shape? Well, it's, not even yeah. a, it's not even a sphere. Yeah. Like, you guys have no idea. Like, this yeah. is not a pair. Like, I just remember feeling that way. I have a question about H Mart though, because I don't really go there that often. Because it is pretty. There's not one in Brooklyn, and it's like really far away. Yeah, there's one in um, Queens and there's it, one in Manhattan. Yeah. It, yeah, but that's you know, it's like 34 right, seconds. Right, 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 right. Um. Uh, is there an international section in Oh H-Mart? my god there And is. if so like, Do they I sell craft singles like, what I is think it? that they <laughs> do Like there is Like a, a section Where they have Like um, Like cereal <laughs> Yo <laughs> I can't Yo, I think so. Yeah, from I feel like they do have like a a, like a like a section where they put like cereal next to like goya beans, like goya product. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I love too about H Mart is uh, they they will have all of your um, packaged goods, your Cheetos and stuff like that, but the Korean version has their own snack aisle. What's that? Wait, wait, go ahead. Yeah, so it'll have like, uh, mm. you know, it'll have like, uh, whatever, uh, Cheetos, but it'll be, it'll be, it'll be written in Korean. Yeah. And it'll I, be like, it'll be like smoky barbecue, you know, it'll be, <laughs> yes, this is the one. I gotta get this. Fuck this other Lay's shit. This is the Korean Lay's, you know? I hate Korean versions of like Western chips, though. I oh, you don't say. like them? Uh, I, I, I agree. Like, they're not Korean Cheetos are like weirdly sweet. Like they're all of yes. their, like when I'm in Korea, like if I get like a Cheeto product, it's, there's like this strange sweetness that doesn't exist in in regular in like the American i agree version i feel that. that there's some some marketing consultancy was like korean people love sweets you know i have we have no proof but here you go which is crazy because <laughs> i've heard people say that about korean food i don't feel like korean food is that sweet but i feel like japanese food is like really sweet it's oh japanese food is so sweet, so sweet. it's like um, we oh, it's like or we don't really like spicy. I, I guess I'm I'm just realizing oh, this wow. as an adult because I guess that's well, we, it's true. like have you ever had like uh, I'm sure you guys have made like those Japanese curry packets at one yeah, point. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And if if you buy the spicy one, like it's Korean people spicy. would laugh at right, that. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not. You. Yeah. But, but that's that's our like spicy because we like can't handle for whatever reason. We never Funny, we never got into it or whatever. Really. I want. I also want to talk about this. I mean, this book is super exciting. But this other thing happened recently that's super exciting. You were on fucking Jimmy Fallon, bruh. You're on Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon and, Big. And for a couple of reasons, it's exciting. You had a you have a song called Jimmy Fallon Big. I don't know the lyrics, but I'm assuming it's about you wanting to be on Jimmy Fallon or you want to be that big. <laughs> Maybe I have no idea. Uh, but but you're on it. Yeah. You're on you're yeah. on it now. Um, what was that? Kind of walk us through what that was like. First of all, like making music slash making a music video in the quarantine because I know um, I, I work at James Corden now and we, and we did the same thing. We don't have artists come in anymore. They film somewhere else and then we just play their footage and i was watching your fallon set and it was the same thing i don't, I don't know what yeah. venue you were at but like you, you filmed like a fake music video at a different venue right so like what was that whole process like yeah um so i have a song called jimmy fallon big and the song is actually written about um my old band was this band called little big league and our bass player was invited to play in another band uh and our band wasn't very successful but their band was really starting to take off and so he kind of sat me down at my kitchen table and was like, listen, like, I love Little Big League, but like this band has asked me to be a touring bass player with them. They're about to be Jimmy Fallon big. And like, I've got to go pursue (laughs) 
my dream, yeah. you know? And I yeah, was yeah, like yeah. really sad because I was like, that's like my brother, you know? Like we were in a band together for two years and like he was like a brother to me and I felt like such a, so much shame that like it wasn't working out for our bands and he had to go mm-hmm. do what was right for him and like I was also just really sad that like we weren't at that level, you know? And like I, it looked like we were never going to be at that level. So I wrote this song Largely because I was like, you know, you have this thing with us um, where like you have a vo- you have a creative voice and you're leaving that to go like be a player in this band. And like so the, the repeating line in the song is like, why walk when you can show up on time? And like oh, and, and then, you know, years later, he got fired <laughs> and I oh, no. yeah. And but he was like, you know, he's like my really good friend. And like I uh, I was like, you know what? Like my band is starting to like grow. And like, why don't you just join my band now? And so he actually rejoined our band and has been playing with us for like two or three years now. And then in time, like we became Jimmy Fallon big and we were able Whoa. to yeah, yeah, we were so able to play so it right together now so now band? he is in our band like he is our bass player and we were actually and actually no. that band never played Jimmy Fallon they played Seth Meyers and so oh. I oh wow names well, we names also uh, yeah wow damn that is the ultimate I mean like that's some sort of like crazy ultimate stunt on an ex you know like <laughs> yeah. uh, it just you wanted to go to this restaurant? Well, guess what? Now I'm going to take now you I to the own the restaurant. Yeah. yeah. I own the restaurant. Also, um, I just had a, um, <laughs> I just had this uh, image of uh, me leaving Mike and then Mike writing a song called James Corden Big. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, no, no. What, what needs to happen is, uh, is, is uh, yeah, you, need you to, leave yeah. me. And then you need to write like I Stephen Colbert Big. Yeah, I write a bit and then I do the bit on James Corden. Yeah, <laughs> and while I do I'm a, and stand up set, and I'm looking you right in the yeah, eye. You're, you're crying. It. I know our label, our label boss was like, "Now you need to write a song called like SNL Big or something." <laughs> That's so funny! Oh my god. Uh, um, but yeah, it was so, really I mean, really fun. Yeah. Um, we we filmed it at National Sawdust um, in Williamsburg, and they were amazing. And yeah, I mean, a lot of people were like, "Thank God!" You know, it, it's like so much better actually that you like get to not do it live. Like I was rewatching. Yeah. Like my friend sent me this um, video of like the Breeders performing on like some late night show, and like Kim or Kelly deal uh, bro- like breaks a string literally like on the first drum and then just has to oh, like shit. play the entire thing and does it like a boss but like I would have had a complete meltdown if something like that yeah, happened yeah, and yeah, would have yeah, totally yeah. been unable to recover um, so in some ways it, it's great because like if you like fuck it up like you can do it a few more times and like not submit that one um, we did do it you know it is live it's actually all the what we we wanted to shoot something that was all one take to kind of like try to really like yeah. bring out that live feeling mm. um but there's also like a lot that, you know if there's a drawback in one ways because it's like i i don't like actually have like the sensory like memory of like being of those nerves you know that i yeah, i feel like i yeah. i'm kind of sad that i don't have and also like the pressure is on you like if it's not great like it's your fault for not like make, you know it's planning not, it not, better yeah, it's and not like the fault of the studio yeah yeah right. yeah yeah um, I that, mean, that's, yeah oh go ahead go ahead no i mean i mean i watched it and i didn't even realize that it was not there but you know but i was like oh wow they did a really good job i didn't know they were going to do it like this and now it all makes sense mm-hmm. that you had done it yourself because it was so like theatrical and um it just felt it it, it felt a lot bigger than what they usually do because usually that stage is really small and there's not like a lot of angles and a lot of stuff yeah usually like those shows like the sound every time i see like my favorite band on snl their sound is not good right it's you all know? weird so, uh, yeah, yeah. It is, it's yeah. not it's not like the npr tiny desk thing i want to ask you you know was that your first time sort of 
performing since last March? Like in terms of like running around and you're dressed up and like kind of live performance, or have you done stuff like that in, in the pandemic? Um, we've done a couple of like live streams. Um, I think we we did one at, for bands in town, and then last year we did one um, for like an XPN uh, festival. Okay, cool. I, I only ask because like you know, as like as stand-ups, you know, we haven't been doing. We've been doing some shows, but. I've definitely lost that like live performance muscle where I can just be on my feet and say something funny quickly or like get out of a you know get out of a shitty situation. And I was wondering, you know, as you were performing this Fallon thing, because you said you performed twice, um, and when you used to tour all over the country all the time, right? Like, I wonder from a musician's perspective, are there things you feel like you and as you were performing, were you like, oh, I forgot how to do this, or like, oh man, like it feels good to do this again, or was it anything? Oh, like definitely. That? I mean, also as you guys would. Uh, can imagine like it's it's weird to do it without an, an audience to like turn oh on you know uh, yeah. when there's no one there um but yeah it, we've definitely gotten pretty rusty as a band and have had to like have a few more rehearsals and like even even mm. because like be sweet is like a new song like they're like i remember when i wrote um the song called till death off our last record and it was like pretty at the top of my range and like it just took like, a, like months of touring and singing it every night to like get just really stretch out into it and get really comfortable and like because we haven't been able to tour that song and play it every night for a few months like it's still <clears throat> yeah. like um you know I'm like kind of relearning how to like uh like stretch into that song so mm. um yeah I mean it's not ideal but like it feels like things are about to like maybe come back soon what one thing that really freaks me out is like we're starting we are starting to get um festival offers and I'm just like, oh my god! Is like the first show I'm gonna play like going to be at like a festival, like at a big right. festival, Whoa. like outside, and like, am I? It's gonna be really scary to like have to run to catch to catch up. But I, you know, hopefully it's like riding yeah. a bike. You just, Damn. Like, well, listen, if you ever need stage time, I'm sure Mike and I will do some comedy shows <laughs> on the rooftops. If you just want to pr- practice your high range, yeah, more of that happy yeah, to yeah. put you between me and Mike, our, our butthole jokes. Um, um, <laughs> one one thing that's crazy is. Um, We've been doing this interview, and we had a very awesome interview, and we're still doing it with about H Mart. Then we talked to this amazing author, and then we talked to an amazing musician, and it's all the same person. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Who is he talking about?" Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, oh, let's also talk about your music. And I was like, "What?" And I was like, "Oh my god, she's also this. <laughs> she's in a band, <laughs> really." Uh, recently, I believe you just made the judo team, uh, the Olympic judo team. Can we talk about that for a little bit as well? Uh, yeah, you know, it's been really tough doing this, but, uh, you know, I think my Sam Nagi's pretty good, so... How many things you got going on, girl? Damn. That's pretty much it. I, I have to ask because I'm a hype beast, but, uh, where, 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 where did you get your outfit from, from, in the performance? It's like this, like, oh. two, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a, a set. Yeah. Like a yeah. Sequence set. It is uh, Rodarte, and um, we we just we bought and returned it. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, that's so funny! Wait, it is really funny because like my like I have like a you kept the tags on. And- yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we bought and returned it. But they were like, so, they reposted it and they're like, oh, Michelle's wearing Rodarte. <laughs> My stylist yeah, and I that, were like, that, they don't That's know. your next goal, man, yeah. is to to be on Jimmy Fallon and be able to afford the outfit. With yeah, your yeah, money. yeah, yeah, <laughs> just right, yeah. Just yeah, the yeah. outfit. One outfit. day. Hold on here. Hey, you know what? I'm just a writer. I'm just a struggling writer, so...
Hello, Hello tushy. tushy. The future of toileting has arrived. Okay, it's technically been around for centuries, but hideously expensive, costing thousands. Now the brand new Hello Tushy 3.0 modern bidet attachment is here to level the playing field. It's stylish, eco-friendly, easy to install, and affordable. Hello Tushy 3.0 doesn't just cleanse your butt with a precise stream of fresh water. It cleans itself. Mm. Before and after, it's used with the Smart Spray automatic self-cleaning nozzle. It attaches to your existing toilet, requires no electricity or additional plumbing, and cuts toilet paper use by 80%. So the Hello Tushy bidet pays for itself in a few months. Shout out to the people who were part of that study. Because with <laughs> Hello Tushy, you don't wipe at all. Just poop, spray, dry, and go. And sanitation is so simple. The Schmutz Shield offers easy cleaning and the knobs are naturally antimicrobial. It is trademarked. The Schmutz Shield is trademarked. no way that's real. The Schmutz Shield is a trademark thing. Plus, every Hello Tushy Bidet attachment comes with a 60-day risk-free guarantee and a 12-month warranty. Already got a tush on your pot? Upgrade to the new 3.0 model. If you're new to the revolution, join millions of Hello Tushy customers right now and have a clean butt with every flush. It's true, buddy. Our listeners can go to hellotushy.com slash ANA for 10% off plus free shipping. Get 10% off plus free shipping and get your butt clean at hellotushy.com slash ANA. hellotushy.com slash ANA. Yeah, let's play this game. Um, it's a Lucy Goosey game, so it's gonna be just for fun. So um, we. It's not one of those serious games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna play um, Dungeons and Dragons now. No, uh, we're <laughs> we're with our guest Michelle Zauner, and she has a great book uh, called um, Crying at H Mart, and uh, we wanted to play a game called uh, Shoplifting at Kmart. <laughs> and uh, the idea of the shoplifting at Kmart is: imagine you have to make. <clears throat> A delicious Korean meal, the, uh, but you can only uh, you can only make it with stuff that you steal from Kmart that you have to carry out of the store. It could also be Target. I don't know if you know that much about a Kmart. I don't know that much. About I don't Kmart. know. I've never. I don't know if I've been to a Kmart, but I've definitely. Okay, let's do Target. Target. Oh wow, you guys think you're at, you guys think you're better than me because you've never been to a Kmart? I see how I've it been is. to a Kmart, but I haven't been I haven't been recently. I just know that they uh, you can also buy a shotgun there. You know, I'm like, I don't know what they got. So, like, let's just, let's just imagine Target, the the white people H Mart. <laughs> Target. <laughs> you can only you can add, you got to make a Korean meal. You gotta be, you can only carry stuff out. What do you what do you steal from this place? Oh my god, um, it's a tricky one. It's funny because my mom when she li- my mom lived in Heidelberg, Germany for a, a short. <laughs> I thought period. you were gonna say it's funny because my mom used to steal. My mom used. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> When she stole, what did she steal? Um, but she, my aunt told me that she used to like chop jalapenos and soak them in water because it was the closest she could get to kimchi. Uh, oh, like, shit. like kimchi <laughs> jjigae, like kimchi stew. Like that was like how yeah. she tried. It's like really sad. Um, actually, this is a really good one. Um, when I was in Korean school, like one of the ladies, like her hack was like I, I actually love these kinds of hacks because like a lot yes. of you know this is like a new thing where like part of what makes H Mart so exciting is that like um there was a time where there wasn't like a large you know grocery store that had all these imports like you you would have to get kind of creative um yeah so I knew this Korean lady who would get like Pillsbury like crescent rolls and mm-hmm. there's this thing called hotdog in like Korea in in Korea where it's like it's kind of like a Korean donut. And it's just like mm. you put like brown sugar in, in dough and then you like fry it and it's like there's like melted sugar on the inside. It's really good. And so this mm. woman like her shortcut hack was that she would get 
like Pillsbury Doughboy. Pillsbury is it just Pillsbury, not Doughboy? Pillsbury Doughboy, yeah, just the, the mascot. She would get Pillsbury crescent rolls, and she would like fold in um, like nuts and like brown sugar, and then fry it. So I would just steal Pillsbury crescent rolls yes. and brown sugar. Okay, and you have there you that's go. Great. You have that's, that's pretty good. Yeah. I yeah. love that. Yeah. Um, I I and I totally feel you. I feel you have to like jury rig so many different things, and I, I feel especially like in the eighties and nineties before all this stuff yes. was out, you just had to kind of like make do with stuff. Totally. Totally. And yeah. Um, I remember uh, like my mom yeah. being really like. You know, that was like a part of like we didn't have an H Mart where I grew up in, in Eugene, Oregon. It was like a smaller town. There's this there's mm-hmm. this like local Asian market called Sunrise. And I remember they started in a smaller location. And as like there were more Asian immigrants coming into Eugene, like largely because of the university, they actually like moved to a bigger location. And so every right. time, you know, like every time we would go, like sometimes they would just they would get new imports. So stuff that we wouldn't be able to like um get before like started coming like year after year and it was really exciting for my mom and also that uh it's in i think it's in the essay or it's in the book at least it's in the book Mm -hmm. but they used to have like a like a vhs tape section and i think either they had like their family they had their family members like like yes. record DVRing it and or whatever, and then like sending it back home, yes. and then my mom would like rent from their like library like these like ripped VHS tapes uh, and like uh, watch whoa, these like that is watch these K dramas that like all her friends had been watching like five years ago, you know. <laughs> that is such like two thousand one so... energy. Right, man. my and mom then, yes. yeah. did that too. Yeah, for sure. we, and there I, was a Korean drama called uh, Winter Sonata that was so popular. <laughs> Do you remember that one? It was so popular. I don't so remember popular. that one. That's really funny. And and everybody was watching. I remember those VHS. That's crazy, man. Yeah, and then and then I remember like you know five years later, my dad like for a Christmas pre- like the one really good Christmas present that he got for my mom was like the, like uh so you could get a subscription on your TV for like a Korean channel. Yes. And just like Ooh. what that meant for her was like so exciting. Or every time we went, it's just like that's a lot of like what my book is is like those like ordinary moments that like you look back on that are really meaningful like i remember every time like my parents would like fly just like the comforts that like only like immigrants know like whenever like my mom and i went to korea like every other summer on the jet bridge we would always take like korean air or asiana and like on the jet bridge they always had like korean newspaper and my mom would Mm. always be like bring a korean newspaper and now like recently i was at h mart and i saw that they had like all these korean newspapers laid out in the entryway and i just think that that's like very sweet like you know, it's just very, it's like a comforting thing for a lot of immigrants to like be able to like read a Korean newspaper or like whatever yeah. language. Yeah. yeah, man. I mean, I think that's the whole thing is that all these things that we thought of as being, you know, silly or maybe even we were embarrassed of. I mean, I was like that when I was like, oh, this is so weird that we're doing these things. We now, I now realize this is stuff that like my parents did because they didn't have shit else. You know, this, they had, they had to deal with what they could. And like, you know, there we have something called Paris by Night, which, uh, you know, Fumi, you might be familiar with it from when we did Viet Thanh Nguyen, um, when we had him on here. And like, I was like, why are they so obsessed with this? But that's like, this is, it, it's a it's a variety, a Vietnamese variety show that's filmed by, you know, by the diaspora. And this was like the only connection they had to Vietnamese entertainment. Mm. There is no Vietnamese Netflix. There is no art that comes out of Vietnam, uh, at least until recently. So this was like the only thing they really had. So like Damn. all that stuff you're talking about, it as far as like ripping things, like you know, like the reason why Asian people are always uh, 
you know, bootlegging stuff is because this is how we get it out of the country. You know, <laughs> you know, Dude. I'm not doing this to be cheap, dog. Okay, this is how I beat the censors. You know, I, mean, I got to get it out of there. You know, that that's such a good point because um, we had like. You could only get one Japanese channel, and it yeah. wasn't even the good one. It was NHK, which is like oh, PBS. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. and they were fucking pumped, but it's just the government news. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, like, yeah. But yeah, that's yeah. all. That's all they could get. Yeah. They're like, oh yeah, and I'm like, they this is just. Like, <laughs> so, you know, watch, but, the stock, watch the stock report. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. sure. Like, that's so. I never even thought about it like that. I remember being like embarrassed about it because it'd be on when my friends would come over, and I'd be like, they're just. It's just the fucking news. Who cares? But like for them, it was like that's this is piece it's of like home. this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's like this or nothing. Um, I would, you know, this is like a little MacGyver thing. Yeah. Uh, Japanese people yes. do. We, if you can't afford uh, sushi, you buy avocado and you just put soy sauce on it. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's so, so you like you make sad. you make like a little rice thing and then you put avocado and then you put soy sauce on it or what? I, I just I literally like. I, um, I cut it into like little slices and I just pour it and I and I just eat it as if it was fish. Because <laughs> oh it kind of tastes like salmon. It kind of tastes Whoa. like it kind of tastes like tuna. Sorry, tuna is what I meant. Yeah, we should do that sometimes. <laughs> oh my god, damn! The, the poor man's sushi, bro. That's really sad. That's I feel so, like you can so make more like something better. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. I feel that like you can shit. make something better from no, you've from been missing, You've been missing the all the the stories of uh, Fumi putting the frozen uh, his has his his half eaten pizza directly into the fridge with no plate, and also uh, him drinking expired uh, oat milk for a week. Oh my Listen, god! So I, I, this is a, I'm, this is pretty. No, good. is that an Asian good. thing? Because my mom gave me food poisoning like so many times because uh, they don't believe like she. They don't believe. They don't believe. Yeah, because I feel like my mom like she left out like this. She made like a like a potato like sour cream cheese like casserole, <laughs> some white thing, and like uh, she left it out for like a day or something, and then I got yeah, like. Yeah food boys <laughs> <laughs> i think it's like my mom didn't well first of all little background i i live alone now because i'm single and i can't take care of myself and my mm. towel smells like ass that's that's what that is but yeah. my i remember my grandma i think anybody who's been through war they don't they don't like ex, they don't like expiration dates don't register in their heads you know what i mean yeah, they're yeah. like no yeah. this cake is fine it's what 2018 i don't give a shit yeah. put it in my mouth yeah 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 I feel too. They're like, oh, if you get food poisoning, don't worry, your body still got the nutrients. Exactly. You know? so that's exactly. What, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or my mom, like, this is also in my book where, like, my mom, you know, we got food poison. I got food poisoning probably like twice a year. It was like not a crazy thing for me <gasps> oh, to shit. get. That's not, all, that's, not because that's of her lot. food, but it's just like the kind of food that we eat like is ri- a little risky. But I remember, no. like, my mom. Every time I like had any kind of ailment, she'd be like, "You just throw it up." You know what I mean? Like you just throw it up, you cry it out, whatever. There's nothing we can do. And when my husband, who's white, like got food poisoning, his mom was like, you should take him to the hospital. I was like, why would I take him to the hospital? Walk it up, buddy. I was like, he's just going to throw up. Like, what do you mean? He's coughing blood. No, it's fine. It's fine. 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 I love that. uh, That is so funny because now I'm thinking back to it. And uh, I remember my friend, he's Korean, and his, his wife also got food poisoning. And, you know, she's like, oh, I got sick from the food. And I was just like, you know what? Uh, risky. That's, <laughs> you know what it sounds like to, to me? It sounds like, you know, that scene in, um, in Training Day where Denzel Washington is like, hey, man, smoke this pipe. 
you know? And, and that's what it's like eating with green people sometimes, dog. Because it's like, hey, man, you like to get wet, you know? Like, just try this. Who knows what's going to happen? Like, it's like buying drugs from somebody, like, in a dark alley or something. What the fuck? I think, yeah, I man, think you, any you culture that happen. eats a lot of seafood, it's like, if you're yeah. eating shellfish, like, you're Very putting true. yourself at risk and you know there's a reason why there's a warning i mean japanese people eat all this like raw egg and raw chicken oh yeah it's dangerous and it's so Dude, good yeah. i forgot we used to do that just raw egg on on rice bro i, I, I love raw egg on rice it's yeah. so good yeah but i mean i don't do it here because it's too but 100 percent, man you, that's that's a great insight I hope, I hope you put that in your book um that's that's a that's a real sexy way to summarize korean food it I is think. yeah you want you want to ride you want to ride <laughs> You want to ride or die? Well, try some of this. Oh, I love that. Michelle, this is so great. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, Thank you for having me. We love, thank you again also for doing it this time and in the live show before. It's always such a pleasure when you're on the show. Um, Where can our fans find you? And is there anything you'd like to plug? And where where can our fans kind of buy and or support your recent projects? What, 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 which of you the amazing many pro- amazing projects oh yeah you have, i mean like which, 17 which we like to plug yeah. you have five different <laughs> things going on <laughs> i have two main things um my website is actually japanese breakfast dot rocks and hey. uh <laughs> <laughs> um you can pre-order my book crying in h mart there it comes out on 420 blaze it and uh my new album is called jubilee and it comes out june 4th and you can also get it there. Oh, yeah. And pre-order also, be sure to there. check out that single, Be Sweet. It's out already. And Mike, it sounds like you and I are going to have to pre-order this because we're never going to get it from that PR person. So we're going to <laughs> send you a we're gonna have to, we have to buy it. We have to pre-order that, that shit. Um, so <laughs> be sure to uh, blaze and then have some risky food. It's going to be sick as fuck, man. Uh, as always, please uh, follow us on Instagram and all the platforms at Pod. I'm also on there at the Abe. That's T-H-E-F-U-M-I-A-B-E. And you can find me on Instagram at NicePants. Please check out our uh, Zoom stand-up comedy show that we do every other weekend. It's called Hack City. Uh, it's free every time. Just go to asian.asianpod.com for tickets. And the next one's April 2nd. And the one after that is uh, uh, two weeks from that. Um, we're also going to be doing Clubhouse shit. So just follow us on Instagram for more info. And honestly, the summer's just around the corner. I feel like, I don't know, Mike, if you're up for it, we could do some live events maybe once people get vaxxed and shit. So that might be happening. So I don't know. Are you into that? That's a no. Never mind. Rooftop. <laughs> uh, I, need to va- I, need to va- I need to get vaccinated first because I feel like I've been, I've been, I feel everyone in New York has almost survived the war, but then has decided to just stick their head up the, out the of the trench yeah. and then it's going to get sh- yeah, 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 shot yeah. in the head at the very last second. And I don't want to be the guy, that guy. Yeah. So, uh, but I do want to do a show because I just haven't done anything and. You know, I zoom is Yeah, fine, and hey, who knows? Maybe Michelle will be opening for us. Who fucking knows? You know, she might she might need oh, that yeah. practice. Yeah. Opening for us. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many things we could we should open up for we should open up for her opener. Yeah, before, yeah. You know, she's gonna do a she's gonna do a reading, right, of her book, but before that someone's gonna read the dictionary and we're gonna open yeah, for, for that. that guy. The dictionary okay, guy. So Catch us. It's gonna be sick, bro. <laughs> Anyways, uh Michelle, thank you thank you again so much. Anyways, we love you. We'll see you guys next week. Bye.